High School Slumber Party is brought to you by the Cage Club Podcast Network. For all things Cage Club related, head on over to cageclub.me. That's cageclub.me. Welcome, pitchers and catchers, aces and junk ballers, cleanup hitters and closers. This is High School Slumber Party, the podcast where me and some friends look back at our teenage years through the lens of some iconic high school-centric films. I'm Brian Rodriguez, and the party's at my place this evening. But first, school's still in session, and we have some homework to chat about. This was your assignment, and I... Would like to see the results. As always, your first bit of homework is to hit that subscribe button wherever you're listening. Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher. While you're there, leave us a positive review or a five-star rating if applicable. Of course, tell a friend about High School Slumber Party. And you could also follow us on social media. Big part of your homework, class participation. Facebook, Instagram, and everyone's favorite talking point these days, Twitter. Oh, and speaking of Spotify, it's wrap-up season, and if you're a podcaster, you know, and by the way, everyone's a podcaster these days, so you know, the Spotify wrap-up is the most, like, affirming and positive thing out there. I think Apple does one, too, or whatever, but, like, they always make it seem like your podcast is so cool. I mean, the show is cool, I'm not saying it's not, but, like, I love the encouragement it gives me, so thank you, Spotify. Thank you for making me feel so happy to be here. But enough of that big cooperation. The real reason I'm here, of course, is the slumberers for you guys. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Hope you did your homework and you watched The Rookie. We got Cousin Pumpkin here tonight. And if you can't tell, my apologies. It's going to be a show full of apologies because a lot of things going on. But first, my apologies. I am a bit under the weather. I have been a bit under the weather, but powering through for the sake of of High School Slumber Party. And yet you don't listen. The bell does not dismiss you. I dismiss you. We're super seniors by now. Have a seat. I got more to talk about. I got more on my mind. Oof. Oof. First things first. Well, I guess it's not the first thing, but it's the only thing on my mind right now. So this is a baseball-centric episode because The Rookie, of course, is a baseball movie, and baseball's on my mind. Baseball's usually on my mind. If you're not a baseball fan, at least appreciate the passion Cousin Pumpkin and I have for baseball. You'll see it in this episode, or you'll hear it, I should say, in this episode. But, like, literally, I'm editing it, I'm putting it together, I'm working on some things, and I get devastating news if you're a New York Mets fan, at least for me, right? Jacob deGrom who is literally my favorite player on the Mets, has decided to leave the team and go to the Texas Rangers. So my favorite player leaving the team, 
Very sad. This isn't a baseball podcast, so I don't really have the words for it right now. And I know some of you out there said, oh, he's getting too much money. You know, they weren't going to pay him that. I don't care. As a Mets fan, I never had more fun at the ballpark than watching that guy pitch. And just the thought of seeing him in another uniform, oh, it's devastating. It's heartbreaking. It really, really, really puts in perspective what it's like to be a fan. To love something so much that does not love you back. That is baseball fandom. I mean, at least for Mets fans, right? It's so crazy because people who are not into sports think people who are into sports are nuts. And I see that side of it too because it's so hard to explain. But if you're in it, it's like, oh my God. It's like everything. It's the new religion for this age. And yes, God is going to smite me for saying that. Smite? Is smite? I don't know. A lightning bolt's going to hit me. (laughs) Regardless, I'm pretty bummed out today regarding that news but we recorded this before that so hopefully you see the positive side of our passion in this episode another quick thing about this episode we did have some audio difficulties at the beginning i tried to fix as much as possible it's only in the first like 20 minutes or so after that i I think uh, the audio kind of corrects itself it heals itself so just wanted to warn you about that All right, all right, all right. I got to go sulk and cry somewhere. I got to go read all the tweets about this and then pretend I don't care and then pretend I do care. I got to go through all the steps, right? Denial. Anger. Well, I've had those two already. (laughs) Bargaining. Kind of doing that right now. Depression. Got all winter for that. Acceptance. We'll see. All I'm going to say is Mets owner Steve Cohen... Get me to acceptance as fast as possible, and get me some new players. So pack your favorite jammies, tell your mother you sent me a Brian's, because we're about to get our party on. Class dismissed. back here you've been holding out on me no 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 i was banished banished for what i don't Threw even remember me into last the time. closet and <laughs> get dusty cobwebs well here's the problem and it's related to the podcast we're doing today i podcast so much more in the off season and you know what i'm talking about when i say uh, the yeah. off season the mets off season obviously because i feel like during the season we were going to at least one game a week, sometimes three. No, yeah, I, I would say, yeah, m- a minimum. And you know going to the game is a production. We don't live that close to the stadium. We live pretty close. But come on, it's like an hour to get there, then we got to park, then we got to walk, we got our spot, you know that. But yeah, we get there a couple hours before, we go to the brewery, we're hanging out, we're meeting up with friends. We're going to the game, yeah, you're not doing a podcast. Because you can't do anything that day. Do them late sometimes. Yeah, but not at midnight. I guess on some DeGrom starts, we got home by like 10.30, maybe 10, maybe. <laughs> Regardless, though, you know why we can do this movie? You know why we can talk about it? Because the Yankees lost, the Braves lost, the Phillies lost, 
And as Mets fans, we can sleep easy. At least till the new season starts. Yes. I would... I was I was worried about the Phillies. It seemed yeah, like they were going to have a little magic run, and it would just been like so Mets of like Wheeler and Degrom to get a ring with the Ugh, Phillies. Don't jinx us, Wheeler and Syndergaard. Oh yeah, I don't know. I just, <laughs> I, I, I feel like he might not be coming back. Yeah, that seems to be the consensus in a lot of places. I'm optimistic, but we'll see. <laughs> but enough baseball talk. Well, it's going to be all baseball talk today. But enough of. Mets talk, I guess. We are talking The Rookie from 2002. And by the way, this isn't the TV show The Rookie with, like, you know, cops and that dude from, what's the show? I used to like it. Uh, Firefly, right? It's not that show. We are talking the 2002 Disney film. And full disclosure, this conversation wasn't even supposed to be about this movie. We actually started watching the film Hustle. The Adam Sandler basketball movie. A couple people, not just one, a couple people suggested I cover it on High School Slumber Party. And I'm watching it and I'm like, I think we came to the conclusion at the same time, like, this is not a high school movie. Yeah, absolutely not. I don't who, t- what people told you that to watch this? I mean, good movie. Honestly, I really enjoyed Hustle, so it wasn't a disappointment in that sense. No, it was good. Like, I texted you, I was like, there's parts of it I felt were just like a little corny. I definitely enjoyed it. But uh, it, it just reminded me of 2K My Player so much. <laughs> so much. Like, different storylines, but it's like the storylines take place at the same exact time. And the way they cut things, like when they cut to, like, TNT people. Yeah, you know, Adam Sandler can't help himself with these cameos, right? Like, some of them were good. Like, the some of the players were good. Some of it was redundant. But, like, Kenny Smith as, like, the agent? Come on. I didn't need that. Yeah, I thought it was pretty cool that... Literally, like, every person in there was a real basketball player. Yeah, I agree, but, like, I think the players being basketball players are cool. Like, I didn't need, like, him bumping into players. I don't know. Maybe you like that, you know? Honestly, though, love that movie. I'd watch it again. I'd recommend it. No high school, though, so we can't talk about it. Yeah, like, I was 22. Yeah, exactly. It was opposite <laughs> of that. <laughs> so, anyway, I went through my Rolodex of sports films, sports teen films, and I said... Why not? Let's talk The Rookie. I feel like you've definitely seen this one before. And you and I have talked baseball, a lot of baseball, a lot of depressing baseball. You know, we have our 20-game package. Oh, you know, somebody called me today, and I told them what I was doing. And they were like, he doesn't know I love movies. Who? Oh, has he not told me about this? The one and only Jesus. Oh, your cousin Jesus. He said, give him a call. He'd be down whenever. Well, Cousin Jesus is always welcome on the High School Slumber Party. You know what I love about the Mets games? The game family that's there. That is game family. I feel like your co-worker is part of game family now. She's like a celebrity guest. Alexa, Alexa goes to a lot of games. She's been on the podcast, of course. My friend Jason, too. My friend John. I love seeing those people at the game. You know, you got your regulars, you got your sometimes. And we'll have Jesus on, don't worry. I honestly didn't even know he wanted to be on. He He wants to do it. I'd even like offered or anything. I was just, I was like, oh, I gotta watch this movie for Brian's podcast. And he's like, what, what is that about? Well, hopefully he's listening today. <laughs> so this film, The Rookie. Do you remember the first time you saw it? Um, I can't recall the first time I've watched it, but I've definitely seen it several times. And it was the last time I saw it. Must have definitely been a while ago. 
But I've always liked this movie. But it's been a, like it's been a minute since I've seen it. There's definitely a lot of things I didn't remember. Like, like for some reason I thought he was a Diamondback. That's not that crazy because they came up the same year, Diamondbacks and Devil Rays. He is a Devil Ray. And by the way, quick disclaimer: we are recording in my studio apartment. I mean, it's not a studio; it's just an apartment. So, just a warning: you might hear some ambient noise. You might hear some things in the background. Cousin Bumpkin just hopped on over. He, of course, is a neighbor. I haven't recorded in person in a while, which is nice. It's nice to have two people here. So my history with The Rookie is interesting. I do remember the first time I saw it. I saw it in the theaters. So this is an era of my life when I was baseball crazy. And honestly, I was thinking about this. The decade from 1998 to 2008, I paid attention to everything when it came to baseball. That makes sense as a Mets fan. That definitely makes sense. It's an interesting era to be a Mets fan, to say the least. Also, though, my age, baseball was everything to me. So when there was a baseball movie, I had to see it. Me and my friend Bernard were like baseball buddies. By the way, shout out to Bernard. Nobody knows where you are right now, but yeah. Disappeared? Yeah, pretty much. That's life. Whatever. Different story, different day. Now, remember, this is a time before cell phones like blew up and text messages and stuff like that. You didn't have a beeper? No, I didn't have a beeper. How old do you think I am? <laughs> but, that's, that's your generation, beepers? No? Yeah, but, Maybe it was a little bit before you. I mean, I remember the existence of beepers, but I never had one. I don't think any kids in my school had them, unless you were a drug dealer or something. Wow. <laughs> Stereotyping people with beepers. So I remember Bernard left a message on my answering machine when either David Cohn or David Wells pitched a perfect game. It was, like, amazing. It was epic. But that's how into baseball we were. We would just talk about every single game that happened. We knew every player in every starting lineup, every manager, everything. So my uncle actually took me and Bernard to see the movie. And honestly, I had not seen it since. You've probably seen it more often than me. Oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. I've definitely seen it multiple times. Sometimes, like, even, like, I, like if you turn on the MLB channel, they'll have the rookie on sometimes. That makes sense. Yeah, especially during, like, the winter months and stuff. They always be playing baseball movies. Also, like, I mean, maybe I'm jumping ahead a little bit. But why are the Durham Bulls always in movies? I mean, there's a reason for that, and it's kind of linked. Durham Bulls, Bull Durham, sure you've yeah. seen it. Yeah, and the movie, they're a Sally League team, which is like a lower-level minor league team. But when the Rays expand... Yeah, they're like at that point, they're like a AAA team. Yeah, exactly. So what happened was, because they sort of got famous from the movie, and they are in a big town, Raleigh, Durham, you know... The Rays got to choose what their minor league team would be, and they chose the Durham Bulls. So they elevated them from uh, single A to triple A. So we see it in the film here, because that's the triple A team he plays for, which is the highest level of minor league. And you know, it's a great time, actually, to ask you this question. What's your favorite baseball movie? It's The Sandlot. That's probably, like, one of my favorite movies of all time. Oh, duh. I definitely knew that. I don't know if it's my favorite baseball movie, but I love The Sandlot. Also, hot debate for me, like, high school movie or not, right? They're middle schoolers. They're, I don't think they're old enough to be high schoolers. There's no proof. Could they be middle schoolers going into high school? You prove that, we'll cover it here. It's as simple as that. So The Rookie, I don't think it gets enough love, to be honest with you. It is a Disney film. It is a little formulaic. That could be why. But 
I don't care. I enjoyed it. You know what? I've thought about this. I've debated this with friends. Baseball is the sport that produces the best movies. It's a romantic sport. It's a heart-wrenching sport. It's a sport that mimics the pace of life, I believe. You can tell me boxing. I might give you boxing. But for me, baseball makes the perfect movies. Way better than football. The only one that comes off the top of my head is like, uh, what's the one about the dude from Philly? Oh, Invincible? The Vince Papali story? Yeah, yeah. That's a good movie. I mean, it's a good movie. It's a Disney movie, though. It's sort of like this yeah, one. Yeah, yeah. The Blind Side wasn't bad. Moneyball. Remember ball. the Titans? Give me Moneyball all day long. Yeah, Remember the Titans is good. Uh, Varsity Blues is good. But I don't know. No professional leagues are going out there building a field or a stadium dedicated to a movie. I mean, that's a good point. We got the Field of Dreams game, Which of I've never watched. And I feel like that's sacrilegious. I'm going to say something controversial right now. I like Field of Dreams. I love Field of Dreams. Overrated. No, it's just not as much of a baseball film as you think. More of a father-son movie. It's like 50% a baseball movie, 50% like a heartwarming tale. Regardless, this is a baseball movie. The Rookie, that is. So let me read the back of the DVD. From the studio that brought you, Remember the Titans, comes an inspirational film based on a true story. Jim Morris, father, teacher, and high school coach, thought his dream was over. He had his shot at playing baseball, blew out his shoulder, and returned without ever making it to the big leagues. Then, in 1999, Coach Morris made a fateful bet with his perpetually losing team. If they won the district championship, Morris, who threw 98 miles per hour, would try out for the majors. The team went from worst to first, and Jim, living up to his end of the bargain, threw caution to the wind, and was on the road to becoming the oldest rookie in the major leagues. This heartfelt, uplifting story about not giving up on your dreams is a remarkable and affecting story that will have everyone cheering. Pretty succinct. We know what it's about. So before we get into the rookie, I figured we'd do a deep dive on the real Jim Morris. Because it is based on a true story. Jim Morris did have his cup of coffee in the majors. Now, this film mentions it, but it doesn't really, like, go into it. It doesn't highlight it. I wouldn't blame someone, actually, if they didn't know this, but Jim Morris was actually a first-round draft pick. Oh, really? I didn't know that. It is true that his town didn't actually have organized baseball. He was like a, a Brandon Nimmo? Sort of, yeah. But, you know, he still got into junior college, and he lit it up. He was actually considered a good prospect. His problem was always injuries. So he was actually selected by the Brewers with the fourth overall pick in 1983, and he was out of that organization by 1987. After that, he had a quick cup of coffee in the White Sox organization, but he never rose single A. That's entry-level minor leagues, and honestly, it was because of the injuries. Now, looking back, you and I know baseball. And this was a guy, as mentioned, who didn't play regularly growing up. So maybe his body just like never adjusted to the rigors of a regular major league season. I mean, who knows, right? But look, after that, he becomes a coach. He becomes a teacher. Never really gives up on his dream. But, you know, he was also realistic, right? Like the back of the DVD said, he actually did coach this team. So the name of the school changed for whatever reason in the movie. And I don't know if any of the players were real. I feel like I remember there being, like, when I watched it today, I feel like it ended abruptly. Like, when it ended and they gave, like, the facts and they were just, like, he pitched two seasons. I feel like they gave you more than that before. 
And I don't know if they edit it differently now. Because I remember them being like, the catcher went on to getting like a scholarship for like uh, college. Hmm. And and they talked about like the other players and them doing something. But I can maybe I'm remembering wrong. So what I remember is, I thought they actually showed footage of the real players. Yeah, I, I thought they showed like pictures and like... Yeah, and like that didn't happen yeah. in this version. Like why would they cut yeah, that I out? I think there? they might have, but I could be wrong. If this is like Mandela effect and you guys know the answer or it didn't actually happen, please let us know. But we could also be thinking about the mm-hmm. many other Disney movies that do this. So yeah, he actually did pitch for the Rays a couple games. That's true too. The Rays ended up releasing him in 2000 after the season. He's on with the Dodgers next year, but didn't make the club. And you know, I think he's a motivational speaker today. Uh, obviously, he has a movie made after him. And for those of you out there who don't really know baseball that well, Cousin Pumpkin, why don't you tell the audience how rare it is to be a rookie at his age? Yeah, that's like, unless you're like Tim Tebow, who didn't even become a rookie, that's very difficult in any professional sport to be past 30 and and someone to take a chance on you. Yeah, like you're old at 35 in any professional sport. But I will say this, though. I mean, at that time, you're talking early 2000s, late 90s like people weren't really throwing 98 and the people that were throwing 98 i mean not saying this guy was juicing or nothing but at that time and caseco on that team oh i can't wait to go over the lineups (laughs) but no i mean i doubt that this is some you know random guy from a random town in texas so i was looking it up because to be honest with you i was curious not just with steroids but maybe like an early version of spider tech you know, but he's really spoken against steroids and cheating in baseball. So, but if you think about like what steroids do, if you took them to get healthy, it could get you velocity though. Sure. It could get you a little bit more velocity, but I kind of think, you know, 10 years of rest and healing, his body was able to just accomplish things he wasn't ever able to do. And I mean, I don't know what injuries he had. They said shoulder. It was shoulder. Yeah, shoulder and other stuff. He was really, really injury prone. But like some people come back from Tommy John and they come back. Some people, I feel like, come back, they throw harder. And that's possible as well. But point is, you're right. He's pitching 98. Also, we're baseball guys. We know this, right? He's a lefty. Yeah. That is so important. A lefty reliever throwing 98 in 1999, you're going to get a shot at the majors. You didn't have to throw heat if you're a lefty. (laughs) Like my brother's a lefty. He should have pitched. Yeah, absolutely. And you could stick around for 20 years. If you don't know baseball, it sounds crazy, but it's true. Handedness is so important in baseball. And it really, really matters. So really, when you look at it and when you analyze it, it's not a shock why this guy got his second chance if you're a baseball fan, you know? No, absolutely not. And there's another underlying thing that I know no High School Slumber Party listeners really care about, but I want to talk about it anyway. He's pitching for the Devil Rays. This is a team that was started in 1998, and this is 1999 he gets on their roster. Dude, you know what, too? Um, Before I watched this, and I was trying to remember, like I said, I was like, for some reason I was thinking of Diamondbacks, but I was like, if there is one team that would do this today, it would be Tampa or Oakland. You're so right. Those are the teams that take chances. So while they get that expansion team in Tampa in 98, I think it's 96, though, that they were allowed to start their minor league team. Because a lot of people don't know this, but like when there's expansion teams, 
they let you start your minor league earlier and draft and stuff earlier than like you actually start your major league team, which makes sense, right? I didn't know that. Famously, Tony Saunders, he was either the number one pick or their expansion draft pick. I can't remember. And he blew his arm out and like he made this miraculous comeback. And it's kind of another famous story at the time. But I'll never forget something that Keith Hernandez mentioned in his book. So they expanded in 93 with the Rockies and Marlins. And then they expanded in 98 with the Rays and the Diamondbacks. Four new teams in the 90s. That's 200 baseball players who a decade before that would never have been in the major leagues. Think about that. Yeah. So you're going to get naturally teams taking flyers on guys, taking chances. You know, these are new jobs opening up. So Jim Morris fits right in with this. I mean, you still see it today. Not to a crazy degree or anything, but you still get some random guys who came from the independent league who they just gave a shot on and and they turn out being great. And There was a Dodger for a while, pitcher, and I just can't think of his name. He used to be pitched on the Long Island Ducks. But I think in the late 90s, early 2000s, it was a little bit more common because it's like pre-analytics. You mentioned the A's and stuff. It's the early days of analytics. So you have a lot of teams taking chances before they really hone that stuff in. Anyway, enough of the nerd stuff. I mean, look, we're going to get into some nerd stuff later. Not going to lie. Specifically when he gets promoted. But let's talk about the movie. So the director is Johnny Lee Hancock. I don't think he's a household name, but maybe he should be. He's done a lot of famous films, especially for Disney, especially films like this. So he did The Rookie. He did The Alamo, Dennis Quaid as well. He directed The Blind Side. Uh, Let's see. Oh, he directed Saving Mr. Banks about the making of uh, Mary Poppins for Disney as well. Oh, is that with um, this guy? Tom Hanks. Yeah. And he also did The Founder, which is a movie I love. I covered that on Foodie Films with Kyle. It's about, like... Uh, how McDonald's was founded, Ray Kroc. It's actually really good. I love Michael Keaton. Underrated. Check it out. Basically, he's the king of biopics and true stories for Disney. I actually think he's a good director for that format. Sometimes you need a little heart in your life, a feel-good story, you know, positivity. No, I like every once in a while a good heartwarming movie. So Dennis Quaid, of course, plays Jim Morris. And I like Dennis Quaid. I'm a fan. But I gotta say, I'm 35. Jim Morris came up at 35. So for most of the movie, he's probably like 33, 34. Dennis Quaid, not 35, not 34. So he's your, like, I mean, he's not the high, the high school player, but he, I feel like he's your pick at the end of your podcast. Uh, maybe. But I also think that, like, a 90s 35 is different from a today's 35. I agree. And he's, like, a rugged Texas man, even though he's not from Texas. You know, he looks like a blue collar, like, I've been working all my life. Definitely, definitely, definitely. And his age helps highlight how crazy it is. However, I have to say, I think Dennis Quaid was in his late 40s, pushing 50. So not close to 35. But I like Dennis Quaid. I'm okay with it. He did all the pitching himself. Of course, with the little assistance of uh, movie magic. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) the sound effect. But, you know, you can tell he's working hard, and he looked like a major league pitcher. I would have liked if they actually got him, because, like, some guys you can actually you can hear like I feel like what they're trying to portray, but like why not go out there and capture the real sound? Because like out. you said, they need the Disney sound. Yeah. Uh, Rachel Griffin plays his wife. She was doing a bunch of stuff at the time. Oh, the kids I found fascinating. The kids on the team. So Jay Hernandez 
is one of them. He was a popular star at the time. Teen star, I should say. Uh, Crazy Beautiful. Friday Night Lights as well. That's the shortstop, no? Yeah, the shortstop. You want another one? Come on. I know it's been a while, Brian, but you still know me. You said you needed help with the beer in the fridge, and I came to help. <laughs> it's my favorite part, though, so leave this in. I love to hear it like that. <laughs> fine, fine. The cracking of the beer. Rick Gonzalez plays the pitcher. He's been in a ton of stuff. He was in Coach Carter. I mean, you've seen old school, right? Oh, I've definitely seen the pitcher in a bunch of stuff. Yeah, he's in a ton of stuff. Yeah, in old school, he's called Spanish. Spanish! You remember that? Oh, I feel like he could be like Spanish or black. Yeah, fair, fair. And it's good. I like him. And the other person I want to mention on the team is Chad Lindbergh. He, of course, is in the first Fast and Furious movie. He played Jesse, if you recall. So shout out to my guys at Too Fast, Too Forever, a popular podcast on this network. That's a sticker. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. <laughs> I did a live podcast with them now. Yeah, they were there. Yeah. Some other people I wanted to mention. Beth Grant plays the mom. His mom. Not not the wife. Oh, okay. And this is insane, but first thing, she was only like five or six years older than Janice Quaid, <laughs> which is funny. Also, she's in my favorite episode of The Office, which I've watched with you, The Dinner Party. Isn't she like, uh, does she play, she plays Dwight's mom? No, Dwight's babysitter. Oh, yes, 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 yes. Love that episode, and I couldn't really shake that while watching this film, to be honest with you. <laughs> um, how about, how about uh, what's his name? Brian Cox as his father, Succession. He's so cool. Such a good actor. Maybe underutilized here, but great to see him here. And the other person I wanted to mention, Angus T. Jones, once the richest kid in America. He played the son. Two and a half men. Hello. I, I didn't realize. Maybe maybe because maybe I saw this before Two and a Half Men. Probably. You know. But that's the first thing I noticed when rewatching it. I was like, oh, I was like, I didn't realize <laughs> that like, I never put two and two together. And then, you know, there's baseball cameos here and there. Uh, Jim Morris was actually in the movie. He plays like an umpire in one of the scenes. Uh, they actually shoot at a game, which we'll get into later. That's the principal cast, though. Pretty good cast, I have to say. But let's talk about the movie. Favorite scenes, favorite moments. One of the things, though, that I will note at the top, it sort of feels like two movies in one, right? There's the act with the high school kids, and then there's the major league stuff, or the minor league stuff. So, like, two hours is kind of long, but you get it because it's really, like, yeah. him, part one, him coaching the kids, part two, him being the rookie. And then there's also that, like, prequel or, like, opening scene, the, the, you know, the story with the nuns and the oil? I didn't, I didn't remem- remember that part, like, right away, but then when I was watching it, it came back. But I love that part. That part, I'm more curious if that's, like... A real thing about the town he grew up in or if that's just some disney magic sprinkling upon so i looked it up it's a little bit of both it was an oil town it didn't have baseball or they forgot baseball but i'm with you i feel like they took a little nugget and they expanded it i don't know if they were really playing baseball in that dirt pet yeah and that's where they found the oil right <laughs> you know this is definitely a disney-fied movie right a lot of disney magic it's a true story but it's definitely a glossy true story. You know what I'm saying? 
Oh, yeah, for sure. Look, early on, a lot of Disney stuff they're inserting here. The stuff about the town, him moving around, which is true. He is someone who moved from town to town. Um, and that's part of the reason why he couldn't like settle on like a baseball trajectory. He was a Navy brat. But a lot of it, again, is so Disney. Like, oh, we don't play baseball in this town. We play football, which, again, realistic. It's Texas, but Disney-fied. Like, one of the like Disney side plots I thought was funny, which I'm sure did not exist, was like... The crappy field they had, and like, oh yeah, and the, having to get hair from the barber shop. <laughs> I hope that did exist though. If you were part of this team, let us know, please. Let us know in high school slumber party because we want to know if that was a real story or not. But also, I feel like there's a lot of baseball players that come out of Texas. I mean, don't get me wrong, football mm-hmm. is still probably number one, like Friday Night Lights. I mean, football is definitely number one. But there's a lot of baseball players who come out of Texas. Yeah. No, for sure. Probably second after California. Texas is huge, especially pitchers, right? Yeah. Like a big sure. Texas pitcher. Is Nolan like a, Ryan. Yeah, Clemens. Mm-hmm. Andy Pettit. Isn't Syndergaard Syndergaard, yeah. yeah. Like, you want a Texas pitcher, but I feel like those are like, they probably also played football, you know? like Oh, yeah, I'm sure they all did at some point. So what do you like about the, the first half of this movie in terms of? Him coaching this team and, you know, band of misfits end up pu- pulling it together and winning their little division there. Were they were they really, like, that bad? Did they re- were they really, like, yeah. worst to first? So that is real. They were worst to first. That's and crazy. And the school couldn't field a team. I think they maybe had 10 or 11 people, like, yeah. on the entire roster. They barely had enough players. Yeah. Thing. yeah. That is real as well. That's crazy. That make, that like that, and I'm not a religious person at all. Or anything like that, but that makes you think about like the that original backstory when it starts. And it's crazy, but it's not like they won the state championship or anything like that, right? They like, won their district, though. Yeah, which not that many. Teams. I'm not downplaying what they did. It was a huge accomplishment, but it is still realistic. Not the Mighty Ducks here winning the world championship or whatever. I'm just going back to that. There had to be some like bomb ass Texas teams so, though in that district. Maybe, who knows? Uh, and it's funny because, like, I, I feel like if the story is true, basically he says, like, all right, if you guys win this division, try out for the major leagues. And he definitely didn't think that it was going to happen. No, absolutely not. He didn't even think he was throwing that hard. What do you think of the the guys on the team, our actual high schoolers here? Do you think the characters were developed enough? Like, did we get enough of their story? Because, again, the movie is split in half, or did it even matter? I think we got enough of it, because the story's not really about them. Yes, like, I feel like this is a movie that you could even question if about being on this podcast. Because, yeah, that, yes, it's a high school teacher, and, and the, which it's about count, a high school team. Which we count here. Yes. But the main story here isn't about necessarily the high school students. That's like a, a major side plot in the story. It's a it's a high school teacher, though. It counts here. But if, if we were really strict, it's only like teen yeah, films. No. Yeah, this isn't no. Mean Girls. You no. Know? <laughs> Absolutely not. But I like looking at teachers because I like looking at like uh, this dichotomy of like you're supposed to teach these young people like how to live in this world. But you don't necessarily all got it figured out, you know? What do you think of the family life of his? 
Uh, Parents, wife, all that. No, I liked all that stuff. And, and even going back to the students and, and, and that stuff, because even him, he was teaching me, he's like, listen, realistically, you're not, you guys are, none of you guys are going to be playing in majors. Most of you guys are not even going to get scholarships, but this is more than just about baseball. Anybody want to tell me how we lost that game? Hmm? No? How about taking a look at the numbers on that scoreboard out there? What do those numbers tell you? How did I get a hold of Bo's tire barn? <laughs> <laughs> you quit. You quit out there. You quit on me, and worse, you quit on yourselves. Well, what is it? You think people don't care about baseball around here? Think the school's gonna drop the program? You're just making it easy for them. Sad part about it is I see it and you don't. Look, guys, most of you, you're gonna finish up school here, you're gonna work the rigs, you're gonna work at Bo's Tire Barn, you're gonna raise a family and retire, and you're gonna do all that right here in Big Lake. And there's nothing wrong with that. A lot of real good people have done that. I'm doing it. But if you're looking for something more after you're done here, you better get some serious thought as to how you're going to play out the rest of this season. What difference does it make? I mean, it's not like any of us are getting scholarships. I'm not talking about college. I'm talking about wanting things in life. I'm talking about having dreams. And all that starts right here, okay? Right here. You don't have dreams, you don't have anything. Coach, what about you? I mean, you talk about our dreams. I, I mean, Joel, I've been catching yours you're and... not talking about me. Yeah, come on, Coach. Every time you throw, I gotta ice my hand, every time. You're the one who should be wanting something more. And the sad part is, I mean, we see it and you don't. I've had my shot, all right? Just, look, we got practice tomorrow. Let's go. So you take another shot. It doesn't work like that. It does if you throw hard enough. I don't throw hard enough, all right? Now let's hit the shower. Come on. No, 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 wait a minute. We start winning. You try out again. Last time I checked, scouts aren't looking for high school science teachers. Well, not many science teachers throw like you. Yeah. No kidding. Yeah. No lie. Take off. Heck, a lot more than a couple of wins to get me to make a fool of myself. All right. What if we win district? Huh? What if we win district and go to state playoffs, then? Serious? Yeah, absolutely. Are you serious? Yeah. Yeah. And all I have to do is just find some kind of tryout somewhere. That's it, man. <clears throat> all right. All right. Yeah. 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 You win district. Yeah. Come on, man. We can do this. Right on, man. Yeah. Go. 
And that's what sports in general. Playing sports, whether you make it far, you go to college or not, but there's things and lessons that you learn that will help you out in life and stuff. I liked that aspect of it, right? Like, if we're going to get hokey, it was cool. That line that you're referring to where it's like, you know, none of us have a future in this. And he's like, that's not what I'm talking about, right? Yeah. Like, you know, you try hard here. You learn to persevere. That's going to help you. If you want to get out of this town, that's going to help you. You don't have to get out of this town, but if you want to, that's what you need. And especially in a game like baseball, when that game is all about failure. Hall of Famers fail 70% of the time yeah. in that sport. 300 average. It's true. It's true, and that's, again, why I think baseball translates so well to film, because it's just, it's about that. There's a lot of failure in it, even the most successful people have bad days and fail, and I like his arc with that. Um, It's showing him, basically, like, he's pitching for fun at this point. He's pitching to the kids. They have that, like, really cliche scene where he's, like, pitching against that highway sign, and it's just, like, 78, like, I wonder if that would really work. I don't know what baseball movie I was watching, but like they had a, a highway radar gun and it wasn't registering either past a certain amount or whatever. I don't know if that would work because like that radar is like meant to detect a car, which is that's a what I'm target, thinking. Right? Yeah, like I don't know if it would detect the body, like the the mass of a baseball. It's tough. Plus, yeah. what is it set up to read from? Like, how many feet away, you know? He'd have to really know. Yeah. I think it's a poetic moment. (laughs) I mean, not really much to talk about in this first half, and frankly, or or the second half. It's a two-hour film, but you get what you come in for in this movie, right? Like, there's no, like, twists and turns that are not predictable. It's a lot of adversity that's obvious, you know? Yeah, definitely. Uh, His own self-doubt. I guess, like, his relationship with his father... Is, uh, I mean, that's pretty Disney, too. You gotta have, like, a, some type of bad thing to that you're overcoming. Daddy issues. Yeah. You know, his father doesn't believe in him. And... Even till the end. <laughs> Motherfucker, I'm giving you this ball. <laughs> okay, so it, this team it, wins their division. They're in it. You know, there's a lot of adversity. There's that cute little thing again. The field, right? Like, it ends up sprouting as, as soon as they're good because the townspeople plant the proper seeds and well they put the seeds and then it was the deers were eating the seeds so the townspeople said that uh if you put human hair around the deer won't go past the human hair that's what uh, kept the seeds alive that was a dope field though yeah look i mean with with the oil yeah with the the oil rigs in the background (laughs) and stuff but whatever they win their state title and what this movie does where i don't know it is like trademark of this director, but I don't know if we needed it so much if you want to shorten the movie. The baseball scenes are pretty long. Yeah, for sure. I like that, though. If you're a baseball fan, you like yeah. it, but I get, like, if you're not, like, they're long. Yeah, but I, I hate sports movies that don't go into the sports. Or don't show quality sports, yeah. right? Like, this looked like real baseball, which is nice. Yeah, and, and I feel like it looked like real, like, high school baseball. Like, some of the double plays that were turned. I was like, oof. But that's, like, probably how, like, a... Uh, a regular random high school fucking double play would be turned. <laughs> well, actually, what they did to cast is like the people who spoke. Obviously, they casted in L.A. and they got actual actors, but yeah. that's like five guys. And the other half of the team, they just went to Texas and they like auditioned like two hundred just like baseball players, and they picked the ones who could play well enough to make it look real. 
splice them in and yeah and they had real baseball happen anything else for the high school stuff you want to talk about oh actually i do have something it's more about like random details of things when like which i liked was like the gloves the actual baseball gloves they're using and how they're trying to depict this town this like run down just probably like a couple thousand people in this town you know the gloves that they were using fit the description in the beginning this beat up these old beat up gloves like his catcher's mitt is so thin that it looks like an old school catcher's mitt <laughs> yeah it does. it does not look like a modern day from like the 50s mitt, yeah you know but then when they actually start trying to fix up the field and they're not they're not allowed to practice on the field and they're practicing in the gravel yard which is worse than where their normal yeah. field is they have brand new gloves all of them <laughs> probably better and then they go back and they're playing on the regular field again with the new grass back to the old gloves probably just filmed all of that in like the same day but so, i hate that shit in movies the details matter the detail the devils and the details continuity errors but you know what i'll give it to you here because baseball is a game of details that's what some people don't like about it there's a lot of minutiae in baseball i feel like that life life is about the details that's why baseball is life it really is. It's the sport that mimics life. To me, that's the most important thing. For want of a nail, right? All the generic stuff, everything that's big and flashy is what you see first. But you really want to learn about people and stuff? Pay close attention to the details. I don't disagree with you there. I, I have a very detail-oriented movie podcast, so that makes sense. In regards to the gravel thing, I got confused because... We covered this, I don't know if you've seen it, but there's like a cross-country running movie called McFarlane USA. No, I haven't, and I'm mad that you've already done it, because I was like, that would have been perfect for us. Well, maybe we'll do it again one day, who knows, because... And I have people like having me think about the marathon now. I know it just happened, but people trying to get me to do the marathon, and I've always said I would never do it, but now I'm thinking about it. Oh, do it, do it. My brother, yeah, both my a, brothers that's are That's a commitment. It it is a commitment. You can't just like half-ass them. Not even time. that. That's like, that's 26 miles. Not a lot of people know what that pain is. Oh my God. I know what a little bit of that pain is. Uh, regardless. So in this, I think it's this movie where like, they also train in a gravel yard and they run up those like gravel hills. And that's how they kind of build uh, stamina in that movie. And I got confused. Like, wait, is that from this movie? Right? I thought that someone was going to like do a hit to like the gravel thing. Someone's going to run up it. And like, yo, let's train like this. That'd be pretty cool, though. But, I mean, in high school, I did. I used to run to gravel yards out by me. So you related like, to it? Yeah. And it, yeah. I mean, if I saw the cross-country movie and they were running in gravel yards, I'd probably relate to it a little bit more. <laughs> I, I hope that's actually from the movie and not a story you told me. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, the high school stuff is cute. It's very formulaic. But as a baseball fan at the time watching this, I got really excited for like the second half of this movie when he finally agrees to do the tryout. I love this. He's got tension with his wife, and I don't want to get into it, but like I'm pretty sure that doesn't fine because <sighs> even not, but it plays into to to, to today. Tom Brady, Giselle. <laughs> it's it's the same type of argument that's going on. That aside, right? I do love the family aspects of this. Like when he when he does go to that tryout, like and he's hiding it from her. Like there's so many guys I know who would do that with their significant other. You know, like not be honest. And then again, taking the kids to the tryout is hilarious. 
they kind of say like, do you have a player here? Looking at Dennis Quaid and how old he is, I would have been like, is your son here? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, no, 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 I got these. No, nope, just me. <laughs> Only a pitcher could get away with that too, because like, like if you're a hitter. You're probably fielding all day, right? But the pitchers are just going to have those select rats. So he has the, like the one kid in a stroller, and he's like, oh, watch the other one while I do this. And, you know, hitting that 98 on the tryout, you know he's going to get looks regardless of his age. So I thought that tryout scene was really cool. Yeah, no, for sure. Yeah, the 98. Yeah, you're definitely always going to get looks throwing 98. Now, even to, today. Even today, you're right. To, but to be clear, and you alluded to this earlier... A lot, like he's like you can only count on one hand the people who throw ninety eight. Like today, no, a lot of people throw ninety eight, yeah. especially bullpen pitchers. It's still a valuable skill as a lefty for sure. Like the fact that he's talking about when he was drafted and like what he was throwing at, you know, when he was in professional baseball was eighty five, eighty six. I don't know if that's true or not or whatever, but that honestly, it's probably pretty true at the time for a single A ball player. Like at that time, you could get in there with the eighties. If you're touching nineties, you're getting you're getting signed somewhere. Now, you gotta be looking at ninety five plus. You gotta be hitting ninety three at, at least. Average fastball nineteen ninety, probably ninety one, ninety two. Let's see. Baseball America has a great article from twenty twenty about this. Like the average fastball has risen so much. Like in the eighties, it was like eighty five to ninety. You're right. The nineties, it was like. 93 was a good pitcher. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Billy Wagner, you know, closer for uh, so many teams, probably going to be a Hall of Famer one day, was considered a fireballer in his age. Like, oh my God, Billy Wagner with his velocity of the bullpen through 96. And you also got to put it in context to like generally lefties throw softer than right-handers. Well, that was going to be my point, right? Like, so you have so many guys today who throw over 100 uh, the average fastball today, I'm not sure what it is, but it's definitely... It's got to be like 96 plus. Ni- 96 plus. Like, 96 is not crazy. So, no. the fact that that uh, this dude, Morris, is throwing 98 in 99-2000 is insane. But even today, and, and again, you make this good point, even today, as a lefty, to throw that is amazing. Most of the guys who throw hard are righties. Because there's more righties in general, right? Lefties, I'm not going to say they get by easy. They certainly don't. But it's it's such a special quality that if you could combine velocity with the handedness, you're at least going to get a look. Just statistic-wise, left-handed hitters just don't hit off hit as good off of left-handed pitchers. All that being said, though, Roldis Chapman, left-hander, has the fastest fastest fastball of all time. He does. He does. 104, 105, something like that. So let's just run through quickly the second half of the movie. You know, he gets that minor league offer, which is awesome. And and the big decision here is like, and I get it. It's the Tom Brady decision. So he has a position with like a bigger school that could pay him well. And look, he's a teacher first and foremost. He's a chemistry teacher. So he could take that or he could take minor league pay because they do offer him salary. But he's there's no guarantee he's going to make the majors. Plus minor league salaries, trash, especially at that time. Oh, it's terrible. If you're listening, you're like, oh, major leaguers make millions of dollars. Yeah. And they say in the movie that minor leaguers make $600 a month. Try living off $600 a month, especially, again, when you have an established job like teaching. I'm not saying teachers are millionaires, right? But still, a solid job, right? 
Um, and, and you have a family and to turn that down to make $600 a month is an insane choice. Yeah, sure, if you make the majors, that's great. But even a cup of coffee in the majors, I'm telling you, probably didn't pay for much because he wasn't on the roster for the full year. What, for the two years he was in the majors? I'd be surprised if he touched a million. No, he definitely didn't. Probably. He probably got like maybe like 700000 Max, and I doubt it. For the amount of like appearances he has, I, I highly, highly doubt he got that much. So it's not about the money. It's about the dream here, right? I'll come at you for what you said like two seconds ago. You said first and foremost, he was he's a teacher. No, first and foremost, he's a baseball player. I meant financially. I meant what pays the bills. But you're right. That's why he decides it. Like, he never gave up truly inside of him on that baseball dream. So when he decides to do it, um, I love seeing, even at the time, I love seeing the uniforms of these teams. Like, first, the Orlando Rays, which was their double-A team at the time. Makes sense to start him at double-A. He's not going to go with with the rookie ball guys, right? He already throws 98. You want to see what he has. Time is of the essence. He's already like 34, 35, whatever. He's plus 30s, and he's a random guy you got off the street pretty much. It's either he's going to perform now or he's never going to perform. You don't have a couple years for him to learn it in the minor leagues at this point. No, exactly. Like you're you're taking a flyer on this guy. You're not. You're, what are you developing when he's forty? You know what I mean. You're gonna wait till then. No, exactly. Especially like his injury proneness. You never know he's gonna lose it again. So double A Orlando Rays, triple A as you mentioned Durham Bulls. I like the minor league managers he encounters, and there's a whole subplot with the minor leaguers first to give him shit. Eventually they accept him. I thought that was cool, but he gets that call. It's an emotional moment too. Like the manager's like. Oh, go tell uh, your friend there that he made the majors. He's like, all right. He's like, by the way, you did too. It's like, oh, shit. Jimmy, I just got off the phone with the big club. They're calling up Brooks. It's great. He won't be back. He respects you, and I thought you might want to be the one to tell him. Sure. Things that you're going to. They're calling me up. Till you fly out of here tonight, you catch up with the team tomorrow. Where? Well, they're on the road right now. In Texas. I shed, I shed a tear. Nice yeah, scene. no, really, like, it's, this is a hard movie to talk about because if you don't love baseball, there's not a lot of, like, teachable moments or impacting scenes, but if you love baseball and you know how hard that journey is, you're like, oh, shit, you fucking made it. It is so cool when you see him in that major league uniform because it's so hard to crack into professional sports, like, real top-level professional sports, that if anyone does it, and I don't care, if you pitched an inning of baseball... If you played a game in the NBA, anything like that, you could go into any bar and mention that, and people are going to crowd around you and ask you how it was. You know, in in America, that's like one of the highest achievements you could have, like playing a, a professional sport. Yeah, like we don't have kings and queens; we have our royalty is is sports figures or owners of teams, and like the Mannings. That's, yeah, that's a royal family. A hundred percent to America, you know. A hundred percent. So 
him cracking that Rays roster is awesome. By the way, another like little baseball thing. It was September. Expanded rosters. Another reason why why yeah. not take a flyer on this guy. In today's game, that might not happen. No, definitely not. But back then, it's like, yeah, we, we might as well. Why not? Yeah, we're adding like 20 other players. Yeah, come on up. And how poetic was it? And it was true that he got called up. Texas guy gets called up, and they're playing the Texas Rangers in Arlington. That's crazy. You know what I'm thinking, too, though? Like, reliever. So there's no guarantee that this guy is coming into the game. And coming from a small market town where his old players are running around putting flyers around town trying to let people know that, you know, one of our own has made it to the major leagues and all these guys sitting in the upper decks and who knows how long their journey was to even get to the stadium or and pay for these tickets just for the opportunity to see him and he might not even pitch. Yeah, you, you're going to hope he pitches in like one of the three games, right? Like these people are definitely not the type of people who can afford to like go out there for the weekend and buy the whole series and hope and you you probably will see him. Definitely. Like they definitely not. bought one ticket for one game. Well, I, I think the whole crew might go for one game, but I'm sure his parents would go for all three or you know, like or the family, close family. Yeah, but it didn't seem like none of them had good tickets. No, it's true. Or like in the upper decks and stuff. It's not like it didn't seem like like he gave them the tickets. I've been to that ballpark in Arlington too, and I like how they depicted it. You know, they don't play there anymore, but uh, they play across the street. But um, this was actually shot at a real Rays versus Rangers game, and that's why there are some inconsistencies here. If you're again baseball guys like us, if you look at the rosters who are on the field, those were not the 1999 rosters. Those were the 2001 rosters because that's when they were filming. That's one, two. 2001 uniforms, the Rangers uniform changed, and the Rays uniform changed. Um, if you look at pictures of Jim Morris, or like his baseball card, he's in that old like rainbow Rays oh, like uniform. That uniform. But by 2001, they had switched to more of the green-based one, and that's what you see him in here. But again, they had to shoot during a game and after. During the seventh inning like stretch break, they had him run in. They were like, we're filming a movie. You know, like, just do your thing, essentially. They had him run in and take the mound, so it was an actual game. And then afterward, they, they brought in some extras to shoot those, like, close-up scenes. That's um, pretty crazy that they, like, even allowed that. MLB is actually very accommodating to films. You'll see a lot of films let them do... That's kind of weird with MLB. That's, like, they're only obsessed, like... Usually they're very old-school and stickers and things, but... So yeah, they had him run into the seventh inning, and, and like I think that's so cool because it really gives that realistic feel of a game that you know they had him warm up like that. Like that's really cool, you know. Yeah. And he gets into the game, and true story. Oh, so the Rays were losing six one. So it was like whatever. So one can argue maybe they brought him in for publicity. We're not sure. I'm not saying he made the majors for publicity because it's not worth any major league team to bring a guy up who can't really be there. Yeah. Like then, yeah. then you're right. Tim Tebow would have come up with a mess yeah. if that's the case. But um, they're losing six one. I wouldn't be shocked if the manager was like, "Hey, let's try this 35 year old. Why not?" Because he only pitched like I think the last batter of the game. Yeah. It, it, he comes in and he's like, "Give me three fastballs. I need three strikes. That's it." Royce Clayton was the batter, and Royce Clayton was actually a consultant on the movie. And they asked his permission, like, "Can we depict this?" Like, and he was like, "Yeah, sure, why not?" Now it was actually in real life four pitches, but one of them was a foul ball. I mean, I'm sure they were like, "It's Disney." 
why depict that foul ball? It doesn't matter, you know. What I mean? uh, if I'm him, I'm like, yo, we're depicting foul ball. <laughs> I got you want my rights, right. you're getting the foul ball. But he, but he just gassed it, boom, 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 struck him out, and had a really great inning and a really great debut. You know what? Also, I feel like I picked up on this, and I don't know if it's true or not, or whatever. But it's just something that I that caught my eye. All three of those were like almost in the other's batter's box. Like the all three of those balls that he threw, and I'm thinking that was kind of on purpose because I'm trying to think about it as someone who played baseball. Like, I feel like it'd be very hard to try and swing and miss and make it look like a realistic swing. Yeah, I could. Yeah, I could. You see know, that. I feel like it'd be a lot easier if you just throw me a ball and I know I'm not gonna be able to hit that, but I'm gonna just swing hard at it. It'd be easier. So imagine the way they're shooting it. How and that too, you, you're in a small time frame. You have a window to shoot this. How? You, how? And so, they, so they didn't shoot this during the game. It was right after it finished. But you're right. Okay. There's still a window. Yeah. There's still a window. And it's really hard to also guarantee you're going to get a foul ball like that. You know? Yeah. In terms of it, the way they're shooting it, like where you're seeing him swing it, like they could cut and then show a foul ball. Yeah. Like they did in like that championship game uh, with the high school kids, but. I guess it's just like they didn't, maybe they shot it and they were like, "Yeah, fuck it, let's just cut to the three strikes." But you know, he does good there. He strikes him out, and he he's accomplished his dream. You know, I guess about like the father or whatever. But I wanted to like take a little segue here because you mentioned. Did you look up the roster that was on there, or did you just notice? Before? No, I noticed when uh, like when they first get called up to the majors and they're looking in their lockers and their jerseys are hanging up. You know, I noticed some of the names, so I noticed Caseco off the bat. So baseball fans. I'm going to read you the starting lineups that day. Honestly, really cool if you're a baseball fan. The Rays just had kind of money to spend. They didn't have enough stats. Like, this has culture. to be like, this is like Caseco towards... This, oh, is super, this is super juiced Caseco, right? Way in. He's just hanging on, so he must be yeah, super juiced. Yeah. So, okay, so lead off, second baseman Miguel Cairo. One of the championships oh, of the Miguel Yankees. Cairo. I, like I think that's Miguel cool, Cairo. Yeah. The second hitter... Center field, sorry, this is for the Devil Rays, the second hitter, center field. Current manager of the Nationals, championship winning manager, Davey Martinez. Okay. Nice, right? Third hitter, Jose Canseco, DH. Fourth hitter, first baseman, should be in the Hall of Fame if you look up his stats, Fred McGriff. Oh, yeah. The crime dog. Probably one of the most, you know, I I think he's robbed. He has like 480-something home runs, but... His best year, one of his best years, is 94 when the season was cut in half. He'd have 500 home runs. John Flaherty is a catcher. If you're a you know Yankee fan or you know the Yes Network, he's on there all the time. I, I definitely know John Flaherty. I don't know the left fielder, Ted Lowry. The seventh hitter, Bubba Trammell. And I know Bubba Trammell well. No, because... but I feel like that is such a freaking baseball name. Bubba Trammell. I know Bubba Trammell because he was on the 2000 Mets that made the World Series. Uh, Aaron Ledesma, shortstop, and Bob Smith, third base. I can honestly say I have no idea who Bob Smith is. Yeah, like those last four. I don't know. Uh, starting pitcher was Bobby Witt that day. Now, Rangers, Mark McLemore was leadoff hitter, second base. He was on the Mariners for a while. I knew him there. But second hitter, Yvonne Rodriguez, Pudge. Oh, I saw that too. I saw I saw the Pudge jerseys in the audience. And stuff. I think he was still on the team at that point, yeah. so it made sense. Uh, the third hitter would have been a Hall of Famer if he didn't do a shit ton of steroids and lie to Congress because he has 3,000 hits, 500 home runs. 
and a bunch of gold gloves. That is Rafael Palmero. Oh, okay. This guy was one of the most feared hitters of the 90s. I don't know what he was doing or whatever, but that is Juan Gonzalez as, as the uh, right fielder that day. You'll know this one. Third base that day, hitting fifth, Todd Zeal. Todd Zeal. Mets guy, right? First baseman that day, Lee Stevens. This trade doesn't exist anymore. And I remember this trade from my youth because I was like, what? There was a trade once. Three teams did a three-way deal of all their starting first basemen. That's weird. And Lee Stevens was in it. I'm going to find this. Hold on. I got to look this up. You rarely see, like, just straight-up swaps for position for position players in general like in any sport yes okay here's the trade i remember it happened it was 2000 this trade happened so the next year right toronto sent david segui who was their starting first baseman to texas texas sent lee stevens to the expos who was their starting first baseman and the expos sent brad fulmer their starting first baseman to the blue jays and that was it. Maybe there was a cash involved or whatever, but it wasn't the minor leaguers. It wasn't about anything else. Again, first baseman for first baseman for first baseman trade. Well, this is more of a baseball podcast today than a high school podcast, but like, that's an insane trade. So that's how I remember Lee Stevens. That's also. just a weird sports trade in general, though. Like, you don't see like a point guard for a point guard. Yeah, like one for one for one. Like, hey, you know what? Yeah. They don't do that anymore because of analytics and stuff like that, right? Like, back then it was like, I bet I could do better with that guy. You know? Yeah. <laughs> okay, so Lee Stevens is playing first base. Roberto Kelly, left field. He played a couple years for the Yankees. Like, Roberto Kelly, underrated player. You're not familiar with him? No. High average guy in that era, Roberto Kelly. But also, like, honestly, like, I feel like he was clutch a ton with the Yankees. One year he hit 319. You know, like, he, he, was, he was a legit player. Royce Clayton who had some really good years as well. He was the one who struck out. And Tom Goodwin. I think he was a manager a couple of years ago. Or, or maybe he was a coach with the Mets, Tom Goodwin, I think. But yeah, so he was playing center field there. And former Met Aaron Seal was the starting pitcher. So there you go. That was the lineup that day. Jim Morris got into the game. And the rest is history. And, and truly is. And the movie sort of ends right there. I mean, I guess there's like a little clip of showing his jersey in the high school, and then it tells us that he pitched two years in the major leagues. Not two full years, but he got his cup of coffee and he made it. And Jim Morris today, I looked it up. He's a motivational speaker. He goes around. He's written two books. Cashing in. Look, this was in 1999 that he got called up. This movie comes out in 2002. Disney bought this script right away, huh? Oh, oh Yeah, I didn't even think about that. Yeah. This was that fast. Was quick, yeah. This was fast. Yeah. That was fast. God, you know, it was really fun talking the rookie. It was fun talking baseball. You know, like I, I'm glad we could do a sports film again on High School Slumber Party. Um, anything else you want to mention from the film? Nah. I think I think we covered. Again, if you love baseball, watch it. But it's not gonna be something that I think if you don't like baseball, maybe it's a heartwarming movie. For two hours, it doesn't have a lot of scenes because I guarantee at least like 25% of it is just the fluidity of playing baseball. You don't have to like baseball to enjoy this film. No, no, no. I didn't mean that. But like, it's a hard movie to be like, oh, and then this happened, and then this happened, and then this happened. But yeah, it's just telling a great story. 
All right, so then let's get to our questions. Or do you want to do the question that's reserved just for you? The pumpkin baddie of the week. Was, oh. there, was there a baddie oh. of this movie? It's not really a baddie film, oh. so. <laughs> that, no, there's definitely a baddie in this movie. I mean, you don't have a lot of options. But the wife, she a, she a baddie. <laughs> she, <get it. laughs> she supported him, at least the yeah. movie wife throughout. She's a baddie in every type of way. That's, that's wifey right there. <laughs> All right. So the wife, pumpkin, baddie of the week. So our regular questions. Who was this movie made for? Who was this movie made for? Everyone. Feel good everyone story? Yeah. All right. I'll, I'll take that. I'll take that. Anyone who's ever had a dream. <laughs> when you wish upon a star. Honestly, that I would say that is the most Disney plot you can get. Or like the most Disney theme you can get. Like if you've ever had a dream, this movie's for you. Yeah. Most likely to succeed. Who won the movie? I think uh, Jim Morris. Has to be. No. How could you not say it's Jim Morris, right? Like, <laughs> like he, he literally achieved his dream and made the major leagues. I guess it could be some of those high school players who were inspired by him. But come on. This dude was inspired by the kids and did the impossible. He had everybody he ever cared about telling him now. Even till the end. Even his dad. Dad yep. issues. Brian Cox. Only, only wifey came through and turned around and was like i got you by the way brian cox you mentioned this like doesn't believe in him for like 99 percent of the movie no and he gives him the baseball in the end like yeah at the, all he had to say at the end is oh i wasn't gonna miss this game not every dog could do this like what <laughs> so you wouldn't give that to your dad if he didn't believe in you no <laughs> i'd be like i got this myself the Brian Cox in this is not as mean as Brian Cox in Succession, but trust me, he's still he's still pretty mean. Um, <laughs> what is an award? Is there a character here you would have liked to have seen more of? Hmm. I feel like I always feel this way about most movies. No, I feel like it it did a pretty good it did good on like developing. I think all the characters the way they needed to be developed on this story. I don't think it needs to go too far into the other characters and the side stories because we just kind of dance around a lot of the characters yeah. we dance around like the guy who owns like the sock store essentially mm-hmm. we dance around some of the minor league players he's with we we dance around a lot of the high school kids but this is a jim morris's story no, so. yeah i mean sure there's a bunch of other stories that could be super interesting and and it would be awesome and i'm sure some of them could have their own movies but this this wasn't their day no this is the day of an average guy Honestly, probably the average professional baseball player and what they go through a lot of times and what really happens to a lot of these guys not getting their second chance and he actually got a second chance. And I want to be clear too, right? Like there are guys who crack into the majors in their 30s and get a cup of coffee, but they're like 10-year minor leaguers who really got it out, which is arguably more of a sacrifice, right? But like it is rare for someone to take literally 10 years off start pitching again and be in the majors so you know quite an admirable effort so i kind of know the answer to this because you didn't have an answer for the Wooderson award but long duck dong award is there a character whose omission would make the film better would you cut out any of the storylines or, or people Ooh. honestly if you want it for me if you wanted to make it shorter 
they lingered on a lot of things. Like we got a, almost almost like a full game depiction of like when they won the championship. Um, yeah, I guess you could cut out some of the high school stuff, even though it's bad for the show. But I kind of agree, right? We got a classic, classic montage in this classic Disney style montage, classic sports movie montage. That should be something we we discuss whenever we talk sports films. Like, like, uh, did it have a classic sport montage? And this is like when they're winning, we get like the the clips posted on like the bulletin board, right? Oh, like we see yeah, them playing yeah. a little bit better, and it's like they won this. They it's won your this. turn, coach. Yeah. <laughs> it's your turn, coach. And then we get yeah, then we get to that, which is beautiful. Like like I like the it's your turn, coach. But like when they're getting better, there's I forgot the song that's playing. But it's something like working hard, like country song. You know? <laughs> I still think that winning the district is crazy, bro. <laughs> Sorry, they, I think I'm laughing. Like you're really obsessed with this. Come on. Yeah, if the team really had like ten players, you know how hard that is. If how I do you know had, how good the district was? This is a random Texas you, district. You did it with ten players. You had like two pitchers. All these poor kids, their arms. They probably all had shoulder problems. After what this. was the team they played called again? Like the Dustbusters or something like that. The Dust Devils? I think. No, they were like the, the the Roughnecks. Oh, the Roughnecks. That's what they were. It was something like that. Like, Yeah. All the other guys, too, on the other teams, like the ones they wanted to like <laughs> zoom in on and show, they were such like typical, like, this is a baseball player. Yeah, those guys, because they didn't have lines, they definitely like These got were, baseball yeah, players. Yeah, from like college or something. Yeah, oh, for sure. Yeah. Even these high school kids... I thought, I mean, we can get to the award, so maybe I'll save it. But, like, yeah, we'll get to, we'll, we'll, we'll use that on our award. Cameron Fry Award, too old to be a high schooler. All um, those guys. You think, so you think the team, they look too old? No, no, no. All the other teams, all the juice depth. Yes, yes. Uh, college kids that they got. I was going to say the rival team looks like they're at least, yeah. like, 28. But the team, the Owls, those guys are old, too. Like, none of them was younger than, I think, 21, 22. But they actually looked like high schoolers. They yeah. did a really good job. So I'm not going to say the that. Picture, picture, he definitely looked like he could be in high school. For sure. His body. So they, they cast it well in that department. But, like, yeah, the guys they play, they're, yeah. like, jacked up. <laughs> Honestly, would it, would it shock you if they were even a minor league team that they got? Like, a single-A minor yeah. league team? That one, the, the one, like, main guy who, like, always hit a home run. That dude was juicing. He was hanging out with Canseco. <laughs> oh, yeah, definitely. So, when I looked at the scores of this film, I was surprised. We have to grade the film now. I'm going to hand you the Manila card, A plus to half scale. I honestly assume all these corny, and I'm using air quotes, corny sports films are going to get bad grades. This one actually got decent grades. 84% by the critics on Rotten Tomatoes. 70% by the audience. And on Letterboxd, where the film nerds reside, 3.1 out of 5, which anything in the threes is a pretty good score there. I thought this was going to be like, oh, it's a corny baseball tale. It's unrelatable. You know, it was predictable. But you know what? The people liked it at the time. So I'm going to ask you your grade, A plus to F scale. What will you uh, grade? I'll give, it a, I'll give it a B. Solid B. That's why. Yeah. I, that's what I had as well. This is a feel-good movie if you like baseball. Grade. Is it in my top five, even in my top ten baseball films? Probably not. But it's, it's a solid baseball film. You know, you watch it, you don't feel like two hours has passed. And you're rooting for him by the end. Like you said, like, I don't know if you actually shed a tear, but when he gets that call up, Dennis Quaid has a bang-up performance where, you, like, you feel it in his bones oh, when yeah. he gets that call up. 
Yeah. Imagine working that hard, failing, and it not necessarily being your fault why you failed, and then getting another shot when you didn't even expect it and actually getting there. Like that's the achievement. Forget about what you what you do even even get there. The fact that you got there. Hundred percent, hundred percent. I don't want anyone to say like, "Well, he didn't have a successful major league career." Doesn't matter, you know. So cool that he was able to achieve this. It's like, fuck yeah! This is like a fuck yeah at the end movie. <laughs> and honestly, I didn't even care that he struck out Royce Clayton and won at bat. You know what I mean? Him just making it. And no, yeah, him just making it and, and him making it at that age. It's not like you making it at twenty one. And yeah, regardless, when if you ever make it to any of that level, like you said earlier. It's an accomplishment and a half, but to go there, get close, not even really that close, but like to get close enough where you could maybe smell it and then have the door shut in your face and come back and actually make it. Yeah, I think if you're a first round pick, even if he didn't get above single A, if you're a first round pick, you're assuming you're making yeah, the major leagues. Yeah. Okay, what does your the rookie sleeping bag look like? You and I are at the slumber party. You gotta have a custom sleeping bag. This is kind of a tough one. Oh, that's easy. That's my uh, my Nakona kangaroo skin. Nice. Eleven three quarter. I think iWeb they used high school baseball glove. Nice as a sleeping bag. Yeah, easy. I like that. I like. I used that. to always sleep with my glove. Honestly, I've actually got a. a a couple texts about you this week. I was going to ask you on air. You are a Colts fan. This is a football movie. This is a tough week for the Colts. They fired their coach. It went a little crazy. Hired a coach who I'm didn't. with it. So you're with it. They're like, oh, wellness check. I've got some pumpkin. Is he okay? Oh, no. I'm good. I'm good. I mean, it's, I guess I've been a Colts fan for a while. I know Jim Irsay. He likes to do a little crazy things every once in a while. But they, they need a restart. But I think you have this reputation with people that is a little bit more wild than you actually are. I think you've been overrated as a a wild child, you know. So when you talk about your baseball glove, this is something I found interesting in you. You're not with the colored baseball glove. You don't like oh, the no. theatrics on. So, so when I say theatrics, I don't mean you know you like people celebrating home runs. That's not yeah. what I'm saying. But in terms of like. The glove and the flash of the equipment. You're into the old school style equipment. Oh, yeah, no, no. I'm a lot of baseball stuff. I'm old school. Like I like more of a natural color glove. Um, I don't really use batting gloves. Moises, um, alludes do you pee on your hands? No, just uh, <laughs> getting some pine tar. I'm good to go. <laughs> you know, stuff like that. But yeah, I mean, I don't know. I've just always been a little bit more old school when it comes to baseball. I was going to say, that's why I brought up football, because football, I feel like you're with something that's cutting edge. You're with something that's like, bucks the trends a little bit, right? But with baseball? Yeah, but I think with most things, I'm like that. But you're a little conservative with baseball. I guess you could say that. Just, I think it would surprise some people. I think I surprise people every day. So you shouldn't judge people. I'll, I'll, I'll say this, it might be a bold statement. Is baseball the closest thing to... When I say religion, I mean like something you hold sacred. Yeah, to me, yeah. Baseball is a baseball is my first love. Arguably your only love. Yeah. Currently. Oh yeah. <laughs> Breaks my heart every year. It does, but but that's about it. That's faith, right? Like 
as a baseball fan, to me, you're not... It's unconditional love. Exactly. So, I always quote this John Leguizamo thing. I think it's in one of his, like, uh, stand-up specials or whatever. It's so important to me that it was even read aloud at my wedding. True story. But (laughs) he said... I think it it was something along the lines of he was proposing to his, I think, now wife, but she was a little reluctant. And he said, like, baby, I'm a Mets fan. I know how to love unconditionally and expect nothing in return. And that is truly Mets fan, baseball fan, right? Like a true baseball fan is just like... Well, it depends on the team you root for, but yeah. Fair, fair, true. Yankee fans do expect more, but like... You know... <laughs> that That is the love of baseball. That's how passionate this sport is. So if you feel that way, yeah. Can anyone watch this movie? Sure, it is for everyone. But if you feel that way... You know, when you know, you know. And that's why baseball, again, translates so well to the screen. All right, Cousin Pumpkin, we are in the magical blockbuster that has every film that has ever existed. You and I, we know we're watching The Rookie for for this slumber party, but we get to the counter, we see a sign that says, rent two movies, got one free. And I'm waiting online, I say, Pumpkin, go to the back. Get two other movies. We're going to make this a triple feature tonight. What two other movies are you bringing I got it to the slumber party because I, oh, I feel like I always slack on this question I always have like some random ass shit but I feel like I got two good ones Bull Durham nice nice I feel like that's a baseball classic he played for the Durham Bulls yeah, that makes he played sense for him. a little different but great baseball movie and then Million Dollar Arm Million Dollar Arm Million Dollar Arm I think that's a Disney All movie as well about a dream that's awesome. You know one of those guys is on the WWE? Oh, really? Yeah, like that's what he does now. Really? Yeah, that's crazy. Wow. They need to make another movie. <laughs> he changed careers, but yeah. I like those picks. Great picks there. So yeah, that wraps up our chat on The Rookie. Anything uh, else you want to say or things you want to plug? or You're active on social media, but not in that way. Yeah, I mean, I might, I might, I might. Take some time off of social media at one point, but yeah, you know, you can come follow me, dirty underscore Dominican on the gram, probably where you find me the most. And, and where will they find you on um, the Tinder and the... Oh, I don't know. You gotta come out to the city. Maybe you'll find me wandering the streets. So just for those out there who are curious, uh, what what reality shows are you into these days? What's on your TV? On my TV? Well, reality show wise, right now it's uh, Love Is Blind season finale coming up. Wait, that that's already at the season finale. Love Is Blind. Yeah. How many Love Is Blinds are there a year? It feels like there's like seven seasons. Well, no, a year. This is the third season, ever. In like what a year? It, I no, don't know. no, it's they've done like one a year, I think. What's the show where a uh, friend of the podcast Joe Two thought you were one of the characters? Oh. um... I liked him too. They thought I was uh, Timmy. That was in Love is Blind as well? No, that's not Love is Blind. That is uh, Love Island. Oh, Love Island. Island. That's where I was getting confused. See, this is probably where like your listeners are like, Cousin Pumpkin, what? (laughs) I I, Guilty pleasure of mine is uh, reality TV shows. Like dating reality TV shows. Yeah, like dating. Like uh, Temptation Island. Great. (laughs) That might be one of my faves. Uh, there's, what's the new one right now? Um, 
gosh, it's so corny, but it's great. I feel like the cornier the better sometimes. Fuckboy Island. <laughs> oh, yeah, Fboy Island. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> now, I, I, I think I've told you this off air, but uh, again, friend of the program, Joe, too, and his wife, Rachel, who've both been on High School Slumber Party, were apparently getting into arguments about whether you were that Timothy character, or Timmy, or whatever his name was, on Love Island, because he said he definitely... Uh, Joe too said you definitely were. Uh, Rachel said, "I can't believe that he would be that guy." And I feel like the truth somewhere in the middle. Um, I feel like people who don't really know me, we've met, we've met like once. They don't really know me. No, no, no. no. So yeah, yeah. people they don't know you who hear about me, or, or I mean, I've I feel like there's a lot of stories about me. I mean, I've definitely I've had my fun. I have some crazy stories. But... You, uh, you agreed to get a, a tattoo for High School Slumber Party. <laughs> yeah. And so you got one. I think people that hear about me, I understand why they can see that in me and think that I would be like Timothy. But I don't, I don't think I'm that smooth. I think, he, I think <laughs> he's, a, he's a lot smoother than I am. And for the part of that, you don't think I'd be that type of guy. I don't think he really did anything that bad. I I, I know I I see where one part where we get a little iffy, but you know life gets iffy. Life definitely gets iffy, but I'm glad on the rookie things are tied up neat, and I'm I'm happy we ha- were able to have this conversation about it. And thank you once again for being on the pod. Anytime, anytime. Cousin Pumpkin, a class act. We thank him for coming on, and we love talking baseball with him. That's for sure. Well, with this news today, we're going to be talking a lot of baseball with Cousin Pumpkin these days. (laughs) Anyway, 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 I'll sulk later. Just want to remind you guys that we are part of the Cage Club Podcast Network, so check out all the other great shows on Cage Club. That's cageclub.me, that's cageclub.me, including one of my other shows, Uncle Francis's Wine Cellar, where we talk the films of Francis Ford Coppola, me and Mike Manzi, that's the we there. So check that out wherever you get your podcasts. So for here, for High School Slumber Party, I'm going to take some time in December, but December is going to be more about some fun episodes before we retool and gear up for 2023. So we're going to do our Hall of Fame show. So that's going to be fun. So stay tuned for that. I'll be putting the ballots. Well, no, I was going to say I'm putting the ballots online, but I forgot the Hall of Fame is only for exclusive members, people who have been on High School Slumber Party before as guests, you know, the real VIPs, because it's a Hall of Fame, right? It's not a fan contest. It's supposed to be people who know what they're talking about. No offense, Slumbers. No, I'm kidding. (laughs) No, I just wanted a select group. It's not everyone who's been on High School Slumber Party. There's a committee that I've appointed. We'll leave it at that. So Hall of Fame episode's coming up. Also, Island Addington. Yes, the return of Island Addington. She'll be back because we got to recap this big year in teen films for High School Slumber Party AP. As you can tell, I'm losing my voice. So I got to rest. I got to take some medication. But we'll be back soon. So stay posted. Check us out once again wherever you get your podcasts. And one more thing. Life moves pretty fast. If you don't stop to look around once in a while, you could miss it. And you know what? I'm depressed, but I need to pump up my Mets fandom. So let's leave you with the Mets theme song. Meet the Mets. 
Later, friends. Meet the Mets. Meet the Mets. Step right up and greet the Mets. Bring your kiddies. Bring your wife. Guaranteed to have the time of your life. Because the Mets are really sucking the ball. Knocking those home runs over the wall. East side, west side. Everybody's coming down to meet the M-E-T-S Mets of New York Town. Oh, the butcher and the baker and the people on the streets. Where do they go? To meet the Mets. Oh, they're hollering and cheering and they're jumping and they're... You're still here? It's over. Go home. Go.